Oh my God. Not since my mother started taking marijuana medicinally have I been this excited about a podcast. I'm here to tell you about my experience at Fiddler on the Roof. Okay, let me set the scene here. Jackson's asleep and I'm behind a set of two closed doors. So I can't hear my child screams. I'm just kidding. Um, he's asleep. So hopefully my my raucous excitement over Fiddler on the Roof, um, or Fiddler, as some people call it, uh, hopefully this doesn't wake him up. Let's see if he can sleep through anything. Where's Eric, you might be asking? Well, he is at Fiddler on the Roof right now. The touring production of Fiddler on the Roof has come through Buffalo, New York uh, for a week to our glorious Shays Buffalo Theater. Um, Google image search Shays Buffalo if you have never seen the inside of this place. It is just some kind of 1920s Rococo fantasy. It's huge. It's it's much bigger than if you've ever been to a Broadway show. The the theater is usually much smaller. And uh, it's just enormous and amazing and I've seen shows there since I was a little boy. I was laughing with my friend Abby. I think Annie was, of course, the first show in the 70s our parents took us to that we were probably old enough to see and maybe appreciate. Of course, Annie. And then, of course, Fiddler. Um, Fiddler on the roof. So Eric is doing laundry. He actually just sent me photos of some of the laundry he's doing right now. Uh, he has to sort towels by color, shirts by by size, uh, undershirts, undergarments, um, bras, Fiddler, Jewish bras, what? Uh, But he says it's really, really appealing to his obsessive compulsive disorder. So sorting, sorting garments uh, by size, by color, by person is really for him. So he'll be there till all hours tonight. But I got to go to the show last night. So let's just cut right to the history of Fiddler. Fiddler on the Roof is a musical that uh, was first first premiered on Broadway in 1964. And it's the story of uh, a little town called Anatevka, which I believe is in Russia. And uh, Anatevka, 1905, there's a man named Tevya. He is a milkman and he has a wife, Golda. And... Um, they are, Gold is really like a bitch. Like this character does not come off well at all. Tevi is affable and lovable and Golda, she warms up a couple times, but she does a lot of screaming, which I, I didn't appreciate. But uh, Golda, they have five daughters. The, fir- the, the oldest three get a lot of airtime. The youngest two, nobody cares about them. So he has five daughters. They're very, very poor and they live in Anatevka and it is a uh, a Jewish community. Fiddler is a Jewish musical, which was completely lost on me as a child. And as a child, I sort of had this secret longing to be Jewish because I went to a Jewish day camp. No one does camp like the Jews, especially sleepover camp. Um, but I sort of, I, I, I hated like being a boring Roman Catholic whenever I went to camp because people were so interesting and steeped in so much culture. And the timing of me seeing Fiddler as a child sort of coincided with going to Happy Land Day Camp, a Jewish day camp, uh, where all were welcome, including me. Uh, But I just, I didn't realize that like, wow, this is all about being Jewish. So only later in life did I realize and appreciate that. So, and boy, is it Jewish. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, uh, it's really, um, a story of Tevya and, and traditions and customs. And, uh, in, uh, so 1964 in, uh, the town of Anatevka is a matchmaker, uh, named Yenta and Yenta in the, the production that came through, she was a little dry, 
I feel like I could have played a better. Yeah. Like what about Mamie as Yenta? Please. Uh, B. Arthur played Yenta for nine months on Broadway in 1964. I bet she was fucking amazing. Um, and then a host of others played until 1968 or nine. I think it ran. It ran for years and years. Um, the record was broken by Greece, I believe. And then of course by cats, but it ran for years and years. Um, Yenta, so Yenta in this production, she, I think she thought she was funnier than she actually was. Like she makes a, a final line and she just sort of waltzes off stage. And I think that the crowd is supposed to be uproariously applauding. Um, like, oh my God, she's so funny. There goes Yenta for the last time, but nobody cares. So Yenta is trying to hook up the daughters with eligible bachelors who might be fat, who might be bald, who might be ugly. But these girls, they they want to they want want love. They don't want to marry for money. They want to marry for love. The three oldest daughters, the the two younger ones again. Puh, puh, who cares? Um, not interesting. So Yenta, so Mamie as Yenta. Do you see it in the future? Maybe I don't know. I don't know if I would do Mamie's voice or uh, you know Yenta's voice. But this Yenta, she just sort of for me. But anyway. The show was inspired by a Marc Chagall painting. Marc Chagall, however, did not like the show. I don't know why. I just read that. Um, but it was very... Um, the, the title, The Fiddler, uh, kind of came from a Chagall painting. We're not sure which one. Uh, but it was originally called Tevya. And uh, Jerome Robbins was the original choreographer. And like he did for most of his shows, drove everyone to HR complaining about how what a taskmaster and what a horrible person Jerome Robbins was. And I guess Jerome Robbins denied being Jewish. Yes, he's a turncoat. So nobody liked Jerome Robbins. So the, the choreography for what I saw last night was uh, brand new. Uh, it was pretty incredible. Lots of male dancers, which I like. So um, I'm going to cut to the production from last night. I'm going to I'm going to interrupt my my history of Fiddler. The movie came out in 1971, by the way. Uh, I went with my wonderful friend Abby, Jewish, and I said, "How many times do you think you've seen Fiddler?" And um, she said, "On stage, probably five times, five or six times." So I I had her there. Like, yeah, me too. And I was raised Catholic. So, okay, so is my son awake? Wait. Do I hear stirring? Did he fall off the bed? <gasps> okay, no, everything's fine. I think it's my upstairs neighbors. So I said, how many times have you seen the movie? She's like, oh, hundreds. Like, they watched it every year. I did not watch it every year, but I've watched it many, many times. And I said that I had been sullied by a terrible high school production once of... Um, Fiddler that I saw probably in the mid eighties. Uh, there were people in it that, that we knew that our family knew, and you haven't heard the song Anatevka as flat and as depressing as the West Seneca West high school production of Fiddler on the Roof circa 1984. It ruined it for me. So love, hate. I can't, I can't even get this production from when I was like 12 or 13 out of my head of how awful like high school students, I don't think have enough depth for Fiddler, even though everybody says it's a perfect show for, for high school. So anyway, to me, last night's production of Fiddler on the Roof was about a prop tree that kept appearing behind Tevye's house, sort of as an afterthought. So when they would move to Tevye's house, that's that scene, Tevye's house would come down from the rafters, grass would come down, a stove would come out, and then all of a sudden, about two seconds later, scoop, a tree would appear, uh, just like three quarters of the tree behind the house. And I was like, oh, sudden tree. 
So I had my eye on this tree. I'm thinking, how do they pack this tree? Do, do they have to put the leaves on by hand? Does it fit in the truck? That's a really nice tree. So everything goes away, and now we're at the tavern, and they're singing to life, and now we're in the village of Anatevka. Then Tevya's house comes back down, and I'm like, well, where's the tree? And then, like, three seconds later, skit, skit, the tree comes out again. I'm like, oh, thank God, there's the tree. So the tree makes another appearance in the wedding scene on the right side of the stage, blocking all the female performers. So I, I didn't appreciate the tree, but I got, could see it in its full form. So there was actually a friend of ours sitting in front of us. Um, we were talking about the tree, <laughs> this, the, the sudden forgotten, but still beautiful tree. Uh, so the second half, months have passed uh, in the second act, and the tree comes out, this time without leaves. So my friend Leah, who was sitting in front of us, turned around and was like, the tree. I'm like, oh, look at the tree. Then there were two trees, both leafless. And then by the end, there were three trees. So this tree really had me. I, I, I always am amazed at touring companies. Like, where do they pack this shit up? Is it all in the truck? Do they fly this stuff here? So it started off. So there's the tree. They stole the show. I don't know if that's saying a lot about this particular touring production, but so the show starts with a man in a red parka. Like you expect the, you, you don't expect it. And he's got a book and he's talking about the rich history of Anatevka. And it's, there's the fiddler is on stage wearing purple. One of the only, the red parka and the, the purple that the fiddler wore were the only real colors in the show. Everything else was pretty muted. So um, he was reading about Anatevka and then slowly he, he like turned into Tevya. He took the parka off, but it was like an L.L. Bean or Land's End, like red rain parka. So it wasn't from 1905 Russia. It was definitely from 2018 J. Crew. So I was like, why? What's happening here? So anyway, he turns to Tevya and then bam, they get right into a production of Tradition. And let me tell you, Tradition's all about the shimmy. The, uh, the men, mostly, the papas... They, sh they do a little hang, 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 hang. I, If I were to give the shimmy a sound, it would be like, it's a great shimmy. It makes me want to be in Fiddler. Uh, the sons don't do the shimmy, but they do another kind of arm movement. But, oi, the shimmy, I loved. And uh, tradition is a great song. And the dancing was incredible. And lots of men, the, they didn't give the females, the daughters and the mamas, a lot to do. It was really about male dancers. And I love male dancers. Let me tell you what I do during a... We have season tickets to Shays Buffalo this year. And what I do, because I am who I am, is I look for the hotties on stage. And then I try to remember what character they're playing. Like, oh, it's Mottel. So I then look at the program. I find out who they are. And then I follow them on Instagram, hoping to see like shots of Mottel at the beach or shots of Tevya like at the gym. <laughs> I'm not the only one that does this. I could name names of friends that like Facebook or Instagram stock cast members. Uh, I just want to see them with their shirts off. Come on. So I'm like, well, you know, I'm taking uh, account of who's hot, who's not. Uh, tradition. So while I was watching Tradition, I realized something. It's nighttime. I'm at Shays, and I have no anxiety. So I turned to Abby and I said, I'm going to tell you something. I have no anxiety right now. Like, this is the time where I would be very anxious. And 
but I thought, okay, this is it. Musical theater is the cure. I, I must see shows all the time. I must see classic musicals. I just must watch classic musicals. They will make me uh, whole again. And that went away as soon as tradition ended. By the time we hit matchmaker, matchmaker, my anxiety was pretty high. And I start thinking of things like, well, what if this balcony collapses? Or what if Eric is walking to his car at midnight into the parking garage and there's like a hate crime? Or what if there's a hate crime right here at the theater? This is a play about Jews and we are living in a tragic, awful time where anti-Semitism is at, at its height in, in America right now. And so I'm like, well, what if somebody like, like, what would I do? Would they be able to, would a gunman be able to get up here? So this is during matchmaker, matchmaker, not cool. But then I remembered Bette Midler played, um, uh, Seidel, the oldest, uh, daughter. And it made me happy. So I Googled it real quick to see when she played it. And she, she wasn't the very first one, um, Seidel, but she was, uh, the second uh, eldest daughter of Tevya, the second to portray her in 1968, which makes her appearance in Hello, Dolly, 50 years she's been on Broadway. Uh, I believe that was her first role. So Matchmaker, Matchmaker is sweet. The vibrato's a little heavy, but I, I really enjoyed that. Um, then we move into... So Fiddler has been in like living in my brain since I was a little boy. And these songs, like... I know every word to these songs, but I don't know what part of my brain this shit lives in. So like when If I Were a Rich Man came up, I started thinking of all the words to that and then then more songs to come. I'm like, oh, there's To Life and then there's Miracle of Miracles. I know all those words too. And then I started hearing words from Tevye's Dream, a blessing on your head, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. So like all of a sudden, all this fiddler started flooding in and my anxiety went away again. So it reached its fever pitch during uh, Matchmaker, Matchmaker. And then by the time we hit If I Were a Rich Man, it started to, to go down. I don't love If I Were a Rich Man. But the man playing Tevya in this production, whose name is Yeheskel Lazarov, is uh, from Israel. So I felt like he could get away with some of the and and not annoy me, like being like a, a tutti americani trying to sound... Yiddish uh, or Hebrew. So I forget. I was like, okay, maybe I'll give this guy a chance. And he was adorable. He, he did his shimmy. They love to shimmy. And uh, he was, he was pretty young looking. Like he looked about my age, but so let's say he was 47. They've been married 25 years. As you find out in the song that I also don't like, uh, do you love me? Uh, I don't like that song. So, but anyway, for 25 years, so that would have made him 22 when he got married. So he could, he, he looked young to me for Tevya, but I thought he was great, adorable. Uh, so if I were a rich man, I, all I could think of was Harvey Firestein playing this character. I don't know if I could stand it. I love Harvey Firestein. Oh, I love him. Torch Song, I sort of, Torch Song raised me up as a gay man, but as Tevya, I don't know. So anyway, um, I couldn't wait for them to get to the tavern. Uh, where now Yenta has promised the butcher, um, Lazar Wolf, uh, the hand of Seidel, and she's made this arrangement. So it's all an excuse for them to, A, come across non-Jews 
in the tavern and also to sing to life, to life, to life, l'chaim. And uh, the, the, the beat of that song is, it's catchy, let me tell you. I was, I was moving and I was chair dancing in my seat and there was lots of tomfoolery. I leaned over to Abby and said, I smell a dance number. And there was lots of, I knew flips were coming. There were flips. There was like Cossack dancing to life. It wasn't long enough. I wanted that song to go for longer because I love it so much. Um, but there was lots of lots of bar tomfoolery, but also the introduction of Gentiles into the picture, non-Jews. Hopefully nobody falls in the, hopefully a Jew doesn't fall in love with a non-Jew in this production. Wait a minute. I think it's going to happen. So, um, so Tevya is faced now with uh, this decision. Should he let his daughter marry uh, Lazar Wolf? And uh, he says yes. So when he tells Seidel, she freaks out and um, she says she's going to marry the person I've always identified the most with in this story, Matel. And um, he to cut to the chase, he says yes to them too. And then he sings one of my favorite songs, Miracle of Miracles, Wonder of Wonders. Um, so good. But how's he going to tell Golda? So he moves into the, this was so fucking funny. Um, Tevye's dream where he tries to convince Golda that his daughter's supposed to marry um, Matel the tailor. So in, in this is this <laughs> ghost of Golda's grandmother, also named uh, Seidel, Seidel, and, um, and then the, the dead, the ghost of um, Lazar Wolf's first wife, Fruma Sarah, and they make her so hideous, and she is literally 40 feet tall. She comes out with these long-ass fingers and this, this cackle, and um, it was hysterical, and she scares the shit out of Golda, and so then she realizes this dream is a sign, but I, I enjoyed this. Te Tevye's dream is usually kind of like, okay, but in this production, it was so good because Frumacera was so big. Like, I could see Mamie playing that role, too. Honestly, if we're going to put Mamie in this a couple times, um, of course, I mean me, I would like to play Ruma Sarah. Um, and, uh, you know, Grandma Seitel, she was she looked like Madame Morrible from Wicked. She had a white face and a big white wig. And the, the whole number was great, um, if not slightly unbelievable. So they're going to get married. And then comes and this is going to be controversial. The wedding where Sunrise Sunset is sung. It is a beautiful song and it's a beautiful part of the musical uh as they sing you know uh some simple lyrics but i don't know if i love sunrise sunset no i don't know i don't think i'd want it sung at my wedding i don't know i've talked to people who are very sentimental about the song and i've talked to people like I, that's all i do is i talk to people about sunrise sunset what do you do <laughs> i just survey people about sunrise sunset all fucking day um i want to give it its due because it, it's a it's, it means a lot to a lot of people but for me the song is a little meh but it does symbolize a fun part of this wedding where this wedding is uh, a lot goes on at this wedding and it, it does not end well it ends with the constable coming and fucking everything up uh, because trouble is on its way to Anatevka. So um, there's a dance in it called the bottle dance, which I also don't love. I, it's, I'm not thrilled and I, my jaw doesn't drop when I see people dancing with a bottle on their head. I don't care. 
But I thought, well, maybe it was the choice of this particular production. But then I looked in Wikipedia, and the bottle dance is been around, I think, since 1964. So I guess if you like to ooh and ah and, and um, are amazed by such balance, you might uh, go crazy for that. But I couldn't wait for it to end. I could not wait for the bottle dance to end. The tree was in that number, again, blocking the women, because they really just let the men dance. The women, much like the the story, the men get to do everything, and the women are sort of subservient. It's, it's one of the messages in Fiddler that's, you know, but I think it's sort of anti-misogyny, uh, even though there's a lot of misogyny uh, in that culture at the time. So it ends with the wedding. Let me tell you, Fiddler is fucking long. The first half was like, I'm going to say it was an hour and 45 minutes, two hours long. My sciatica. Uh, so it was a nice stretch. I got to talk to my friend Leah about the tree for most, <laughs> most of the intermission. And uh, then when the tree comes back out in the second half, which is bleak, the second half of Fiddler is bleak. Um, the tree's got no leaves on it. So it tells the audience time has passed. Things are not looking good. Um, so, there's not a lot of super memorable songs in the second half of Fiddler. Fiddler! Um, I just like saying Fiddler. Uh, there's a song by Perchick and Hodel, Now I Have Everything, because they're going to run off together. That's the second daughter. Um, and then there's uh, Tevye's monologue, because he's, he's really, he's a softie. If his daughters are in love, if they want to marry for love, he's going to let them go. Unless... One of his daughters is marrying a non-Jew, which he draws the line in, in a very sad, uh, he actually draws a curtain, <laughs> a more of a scrim, really, that you can see through. But uh, he definitely uh, is not all about that. But Marrying for Love, Do You Love Me? So the song Do You Love Me uh, was ruined for me in the fifth grade when we did a talent show, sort of a musical review at my, uh, my grade school. And uh, a Mr. Michael Swords and his wife Elaine performed. Uh, this isn't about the teachers. It's about the, the kids should be performing. But a lot of the teachers uh, muscled their way into the show. And... Uh, Mr. Swords and his wife did Do You Love Me? And they had these the most awful buffalo accents. And it was like, do you love me? Do I want? It's just like, like Chicktawaga, not Anatevka. So I hate that song. Although it is a little sweet. And he made it very sweet. Like he, 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 he made it his own, let's say this Tevya. So, uh, I sort of clench. You would think I don't like Fiddler by the way I'm descri <laughs> describing this, but I really do. Um, there was a song called the rumor, uh, that came up next. And, uh, that song was, um, replaced for a while on Broadway with a song called topsy turvy about how male and female ro roles have been changing in their culture, but it's gone back to the rumor. Uh, Far From the Home I Love, Unexpected, I, I forgot about that one, and I really, really like that. And again, the lyrics like have been living in my brain for all these years, and I'm like, oh, I know every word of this, of course. Um, so she goes to Siberia to be with uh, uh, Perchik, who is in jail, the second daughter. And then we all know the third daughter is... Um, she falls in love with uh, a Gentile, and he is having none of that. But... I will say, at the very end, when the constable comes and says, you people have three days to get out of the village, 
and they're all packing up their shit. Uh, she comes to say goodbye, and um, he, I think he does say, like, God be with you, which makes everybody excited. Like, maybe he's softening a little bit. But they're off to America, and uh, the song Anatevka is the most depressing song ever in a musical. It's, it's like our town is dull. We have nothing to offer. We've never had anything to offer. A couple of twigs, a stick. Um, but we do know everybody, but Anatevka. So then I want you to think of the worst song ever written for a Broadway show, sung in a flat, sung flat and lifelessly by high school students in the 80s. So there's me watching uh, Fiddler as a child ruined. So I, I don't know. I felt like it was a little, um, it was a trigger. There should be a trigger warning before Anatevka, but they do call it workaday Anatevka, which I kind of liked. So it, so the, it ends with, uh, it was very cool how they had all of the, the, the citizens of the villagers of Anatevka walking sort of in a circle, uh, with a bright, bright white light behind them. So they were all in shadow. And then the fiddler comes back out and then the Tevya, not Tevya in the parka comes out again and comes face to face with the fiddler. And then they both take their place in line. And I'm like, Oh, I get it now. So this guy represents the present and, um, modern day Judaism and, Looking back, because he becomes Tevya, like an everyman, and he returns to take his place in line because so much has changed, yet nothing has changed. And people should not forget their rich traditions, albeit them misogynistic. Um, people should not forget their people, forget what their people went through, forget who they are. Um, so the parka all made sense to me, although it took... <laughs> A minute. I have questions. I said to Abby in the dark, uh, but it was great. And then during the curtain call, the whole crew got up again and uh, did the shimmy. I said they better shimmy, and they shimmied. So that was great. I love Fiddler, and so when I got home, of course I I in Instagram stalked the hot people from the show and I, I found most of them and then uh and it's fun to see that they're in buffalo like a lot of them go to niagara falls or they went to um five points bakery for some challah which was great and um i uh also read about it on wikipedia and did a lot of reading on fiddler so i could could uh know more about it, but it's an important film. I actually I read an article about how Jews need to embrace Fiddler. Like you just have to embrace it. Like get get with it. I'll read you a little part of 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 what it says. It's really funny. This is from the Big Jewish Book for Jews, of which I am none of those things, but I am Jew adjacent. Um, want a fun, easy way to celebrate your Judaism without having to go to Shul, fast, travel to Israel, or fork over money to the United Jewish Appeal? Make a nice brisket and have people over to screen the only American musical in history starring a man whose name is identical to a brand of toothpaste. Topol, Fiddler on the Roof! Universally referred to by showbiz people and Jews as Fiddler, this musical opened in 1964 with music by Jerry Bach and lyrics by Sheldon Harnick. He also did Fiorello and a book by Joseph Stein, who did Zorba. 
Uh, it starred Zero Mostel, whose beloved depiction of Tevye the Milkman prompted millions to ask, what kind of name is Zero? Is it Jewish for Zorro? The first musical to run for more than 3,000 performances on Broadway, it captured the hearts of Americans and Jews from all countries of all faiths. Okay, everybody older than 21 is familiar with Fiddler. The point is that revisiting it can do a lot to renew your flagging sense of Jewishness, even though it's just a Broadway musical. So it's important, right? Fiddler is important. But I am a Unitarian Universalist, although a lot of the UU principles are similar to Reformed Judaism. I can explain that to you in person if you would like. Um, I was raised Catholic, but went to Jewish day camp. And I got to be honest with you. I really found like the traditions of the the Jewish people that I knew to be far more meaningful and um, made a little bit more sense to me than some of the, like the bullshit of Christmas. Um, the fact that they had Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah were were pretty amazing. Like there's no Catholic equivalent to to those at all. And I got lucky enough to to be sort of embraced by. Uh, lots of, of Jews who have sort of made me part of their family, made my husband part of their family, and now my son. So he can choose what path he wants to take. I really feel like blood, bloodline is important here. Um, I'm Sicilian and Irish, so I, I, there's nothing Jewish about me. And I think that if you are born of a people, especially of a people who have suffered, that it actually uh, travels with you, that trauma travels with you, that courage travels with you, in, in a in a DNA uh, kind of way. Does that sound scientific <laughs> to you? Uh, so again, I can't claim to be like, when I say Jew adjacent, I, I am clearly not Jewish. So I can't, I don't have the full experience, but I'm excited that I have friends that are open enough to celebrate uh, the all the Jewish holidays with me. And I've had the pleasure of singing um, amazing music with the Unitarian Universalist Church Choir. We used to be partnered up with TBZ, Temple Beth Zion, and we would sing with their cantor at the time uh, and sing these amazing lush pieces of music in Hebrew. Uh, so again, growing up in that wonderbread world of Catholicism uh, in the 1970s, I got lucky to be introduced to a culture of people that I would normally not have come in. I'm sure it was an accident. I'm sure my mother didn't say, you know, the Jews know how to do day camp. Let's, let's really get him in there. How do I get my kid in? They just happened to send me to Happy Land. And then later in life, I met my wonderful friend, Punamina, I call her, or Abby, and her mother, Marsha. And Marsha uh, is uh, the bubula to all of us and welcomes us to the table. And again, is, this is how I want to raise my kid. And we have traditions too. Like we have our own traditions, but a lot of our traditions are... Um, coupling up with other families and learning their traditions too. So um, I'm just really excited to, for Jackson to get old enough to take him to see Fiddler or show him the movie. I'm going to make you love Fiddler, even though I have criticized it uh, heavily today. Um, I do think that I am lucky. I am a lucky person to have been exposed to uh, a, a group of people uh, who are incredible, who are inc incredibly spiritual, who are kind and open and wonderful. And I weep 
And I do mean I sit and I weep over the murders of the people in the synagogue last week. Um, and to think there were two brothers that were both um, developmentally disabled. Uh, when I read stories about them sitting up at the front desk at the JCC and, and, and how they relied on each other. And to think that they were murdered for being Jewish, for being Jewish. And to, to think that this woman who lived to be 97 years old, and some have said she was a Holocaust survivor. Someone else, excuse me, spoke out and said that she, this was her, her aunt and she was not a Holocaust survivor. And she was trying to clear that up. It doesn't matter. This, this person was, was murdered because she was Jewish and made it 97 years. If I lived 97 years and the way I died was to be murdered, I would be so pissed off. But it, it makes me weep. Eric said that they were doing security checks at Shays, um, and they never do security checks. Like, are you with the show? Can I look inside your bag? Can I? Can you open your pockets um, backstage to get in? And and usually you can waltz back there. And I said, you know what? It's probably because of the shooting um, the, last week. And he's like, you know what? You're right. And it's just it's it's really um, it it shakes me to the core um, because I. I love the Jews. I do. I do. I do. I do. So I love the Jews. I love Fiddler. I'm a wannabe. I know. I know. So I hope no one takes offense to that. But um, through Fiddler, I learned more about the traditions. And uh, I, this production was phenomenal. Male dancers. You got to love it. And uh, did I talk about the costume? Yeah. Muted. Okay. I think I covered everything. So your job is to either read up on Fiddler or um, do a YouTube search of some of the best numbers from this last production of Fiddler or, of course, watch the 1971 film. Yes. So uh, to life, to life, l'chaim. I love you all. And I hope that you uh, are... Okay, I'll just end it with this. I hope that you are busy creating traditions, as small as they may be, with your family. And I hope that they are never forgotten. So, uh, also, I want you to remember that Mamie should be playing the towering Frumacera. So, a little bit about the intro and outro music. Uh, It's by a klezmer band called the Underscore Orchestra, with a K. Um, And klezmer music is a musical tradition of the Ashkenazi Jews of Eastern Europe, played by, I'm reading this to you, played by professional musicians called klezmorum in ensembles known as Kapelia. The general, uh, the genre originally consisted largely of dance tunes and instrumental displays uh, for weddings and other celebrations. So I have had this music for my podcast, Babe, since it started and was really drawn to it uh, in a sea of uh, free music that I could play, royalty-free music, but I never really connected why I loved it. And when I did a little research on it, I realized it's so fiddler, right? So now when you listen to Babe and you think, what the fuck? Why did he pick this music? Well, it was free <laughs> uh, and it's catchy, but also it, it joins my love of Judaism and fiddler t- together with my podcast. So keep that in mind too. All right. Have a great day. Watch Fiddler. Bye.